0: Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. We live in a day when it's not uncommon to get a personal, private message on social media. Many times, those messages come from people that we really respect, and so we listen. We take those messages very seriously. Well, the ultimate personal message is what we're talking about on this podcast That is a message from Jesus to His church. And those messages are found in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. They go to seven churches, and those are seven literal churches geographically located in what is today modern Turkey, uh, called Asia Minor. And those seven churches were uh, kind of in a horseshoe uh, shape, the the cities were. It was along a, an ancient postal route. And uh, each of those seven churches got an individual message designed just for that particular church. But the number seven, as we've studied on previous podcasts, is, is a special number in God's economy. It represents fullness, completeness, and so that, those messages were not meant just for those seven individual local churches, but rather for the entire body of Christ, for the, for the full church, and so we're looking at them from that perspective. We're looking to see what God has to say, not only to those churches in ancient days, but to the Church of Jesus Christ down through history. So far, we've looked at the message to the church at Ephesus, where God said essentially, Great job, but you've left your first love. You need to come back and repent. And then he talked to the church at Smyrna. And that church was, we found out, a persecuted church, but a purified church not perfect. There is no church that's perfect, but it was purified, and there was no uh, warning, no condemnation, no judgment. They were only commended. And you know, when suffering comes, suffering tends to purify the church at Smyrna. And then we studied the church at Pergamum, and that church uh, was commended for holding fast and for being faithful, and that the majority of them were that. But there were a few that were uh, that were tolerating wrong teaching and and listening the wrong teaching. There were some that were compromised, and God sent a warning to them about that. and And I would refer you back to the previous podcast if you haven't listened to that already. Now we come to the fourth church. Uh, I'm sorry. the, The 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 yes, the fourth church, and that would be the church at Thyatira. And the church at Thyatira uh, was a church. We're gonna, as we're going to find out that was that was headed down the wrong path for sure. The Word of God says in Revelation chapter two, verse eighteen, this and to the angel or the messenger or the pastor of the church in Thyatira, write. The Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and His feet are like burnished bronze, says this. Now that was the greeting and that greeting was not encouraging at all. We have studied previous greetings where the greeting was encouraging and all of these greetings are taken from the vision of the glorified Christ that John had in chapter 1 of Revelation. And you can go back and study that and listen to the podcast about that. But but uh, this particular one, taken from that, uh, that vision of the glorified Christ, is not uh, encouraging, but rather it is, it's frightening. There's a warning there. Uh, he, the one that's greeting them is one has, that has eyes like a flame of fire. Those are laser-like eyes that, that look right into the very heart and soul of someone. That all-knowing, that omniscient look of, of, uh, of Jesus Christ and His feet are like burnished bronze. And that, as we have studied earlier, is uh, bronze is a s- sign of judgment. It goes back to the Old Testament tabernacle where the altar of sacrifice was bronze. That, that was a place of judgment. They were sacrificed. Animals were sacrificed for sin. They died for sin. And so Jesus is in that mode of, of, uh, of judgment here. Later on in Revelation, he talks about uh, feet that trample out the grapes of wrath. Uh, and he's talking about judgment and blood being shed in judgment because Jesus is stepping on them with his feet, so to speak. And so here they know that something is is coming and it's not going to be fun. But there is an initial uh, commendation here. Verse 19, I know your deeds and your love and faith and service and perseverance and that your deeds of late are greater than at first and so here he's saying, yeah, you have some some good works, some good deeds. There's some love going on there. There's some faith and service and perseverance or steadfastness. And, and you're even growing in it. It's greater now than at first. So, so there's, there's some good things going on. But verse 20 says, I have this against you that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and she teaches and leads my bond servants astray so that they commit, listen to this, acts of immorality And eat things sacrificed to idols, idolatry. I gave her time to repent, and she does not want to repent of her immorality. Behold, I will throw her on a bed of sickness, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of her deeds. And I will kill her children with pestilence." And all the churches will know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your deeds. And so, uh, there's a lot there, but he's basically saying uh, this woman that he called Jezebel. Now, the chances are her name was not Jezebel, but he's referring back to the Old Testament uh, daughter of a king who became the wife of, of Ahab and she was uh, a, a ruler over Israel and she was a terrible nasty woman led Israel into uh, idol worship and and into all sorts of bad things and she ended up getting thrown down off of a, a second story and and dying and the and the dogs actually ate everything except for her skull her palms and her feet and uh and and so that was uh, according to a prophecy, and 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 uh, this was a terrible woman. And so this woman here that has called herself a prophetess, she was a teacher there. Uh, What was she doing teaching there in that church? She was a teacher, and she was leading them astray into this false doctrine that brought them into not only believing, but acting out immorality. And God said, if I've given her time to repent, she doesn't repent. I'm going to throw her. All right, she's in bed. I'm going to throw her into a bed of sickness and death, and I'll kill her children. And what that meant was the people that follow her, that that are going along, I'll kill her children with pestilence. Literally, I'll kill her children with death. There's a double thing there. I'll bring death with death to them. And so Jesus is saying this, I'm not going to tolerate this kind of stuff in my church. I am not going to do it. You don't deal with it, I'll deal with it. But then he says, to those that overcome, that don't hold to this teaching, that don't hold to the deep things of Satan. And that's what he said this all is all about. Then they went into the deep things of Satan. He says, uh, if you overcome, then I will bless you. Uh, and the overcomers are, the, are true believers. You will rule with Christ and I'll give you the morning star. And according to Revelation 22, 16, that's Jesus himself, the very presence of Jesus. They'll be in the presence of Jesus. And so This is a a church where, um, uh, where, where the majority of people, it seems, are going down the wrong path, and there is the minority who are doing the good works and are still being faithful. Well, then we come to, to the uh, fifth church, and that is the church at Sardis in Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. To the angel of the church in Sardis right, He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this. Again, taken from the vision in chapter 1, the seven spirits of God most likely relates back to Isaiah 11, 2, and Zechariah 4, verses 1 to 10, where it talks about the seven spirits, and it actually is a the sevenfold ministry of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It's a way of talking about that third person in the, in the Trinity. And Jesus said, I'm going to go away personally, but I'm going to send another comforter of the same kind, the Holy Spirit, who will be with you. So he's referring to the presence of the Holy Spirit there in the church and uh, the seven stars are the seven pastors. So he says, look, uh, I'm talking about talking to you, the one, the Holy Spirit who who is in your midst, and the and and the seven pastors, hopefully the seven faithful pastors, and he says this: I know your deeds, empty deeds is what they are. You have a name, a reputation that you're alive, but you are dead. Right up front, he says, Church at Sardis. You got this reputation. You're doing some deeds, but they're empty deeds. Uh, maybe social kind of things with no gospel. Uh, but but you're you're just kind of doing it for the for the uh, reputation, you know, for the praise of men, and, and and you're dead. You're spiritually dead. That's what he said. Wake up and, there, and wake up and strengthen the things that remain. So this begins. But there are a few people. There are still a few people, verse four in Sardis who have not soiled their garments and they will walk with me in white for they are worthy there. So the majority of the people, the church in general, is a dead church. It's, it's uh, as one pastor put it, Pastor John MacArthur, it is the church. Uh, of the tares, not the church of the wheat, but the church of the tares, referring to the parable of Jesus. The tares are their false, false believers, people that are not truly born again, that are not truly saved. This is a church where the majority, the vast majority of the people attending this fellowship aren't even saved. They're dead. They're spiritually dead. And so Jesus gives a message to the believers. He gives them five steps to see a revival, an awakening, a renewal of this dead church, a resurrection of this dead church. And the first step is wake up. In other words, be sober, alert, and aware of the situation. Take heed to what you're in. And then he says, strengthen the things that remain. In other words, work with or build up the the few good things that are there. See what's there and begin working with them and building them up. Then number three, remember. Remember what you have received and heard. Remember the doctrine that was preached to you, the right things that were preached to you. Uh, Remember that. And and, and in more than one place in the New Testament, uh, believers are told to remember. And then the next thing, as it says, and keep it. In other words, keeping it would be to. Act on it. Obey it. Remember the doctrine you taught, the good things that you've been taught, and begin to act on those and obey. I remember the uh, the revival that happened there in Israel when, when they were beginning to return from the 70 years of captivity, and, and Ezra and others got up and for six hours, they read the scriptures, and there was a great revival that happened there out of the scriptures. Remember the Word of God, then act on it and obey it. And number five, Repent turn from the wrong direction and turn to right living. And through that, you'll see revival, renewal come to this dead church where almost everybody in the church, the large majority, aren't even believers. And there are churches like that today where there's maybe a few that still uh, hold to the right thing, but the majority of the church is dead. And then he gives a a good final conclusion. He says those that haven't sold their garments, those that are overcomers, walk with me in white, white robes for they're worthy. And they'll be clothed in white garments. And And he says, I won't erase your name from the book of life. And, and for true believers, that never, ever happens. So he's not threatening to do that. He's giving them an encouragement there. I won't erase your name from the book of life. And so I hope that, that in this quick little uh, uh, short podcast, that you're beginning to get the idea that in each individual church, God, the Lord Jesus Christ, has a message for his, for his churches. He sees us, He knows us, and He has that personal message. Well, we have two more churches that we're going to look at, uh, churches number six and seven, on the next podcast. I hope that you'll come back and listen. Until then, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard, Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.